are back. I'm super excited for this week. What's up, everybody? It's the co-host, Cody Michael. Welcome back to the SoCo Show. Uh, I have with me, as always, the SoHost, Seth Ott. Ooh-wee. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. I nope. started dancing. That's it. Okay. That reminds me of Hitch. <laughs> well, it does remind me of Hitch. That's a good one. Um, speaking of things that remind me of Hitch, we uh, we got the big dog back in the house. <laughs> Hey everyone. Welcome back, brother. Hey everyone. It's Stevie Sparkles, creator of <laughs> Sweating with Steve. And are you ready to get sweaty? <laughs> I'm is, ready to get sweaty, Steve. <laughs> at Jared Buckendall. Is uh is, is Stevie Sparkles a uh, distant relative of, of of Cheesy Steve? Cheesy Steve and uh, uh Stevie Sparkles are cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently in the in the Buckendall verse, uh people are not related by last names anymore. It's first no, names. No, it's first names. <laughs> I had to run and get my retainer so I could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Commitment for this oh, podcast. I was gonna say you sound you sound uh, pretty comfortable in that like drowning in saliva uh, <laughs> lisp that you have. Is oh. that something that, that oh is that God. drawing from experience? What what's going on? <laughs> Set drawn from experience? Were you a lisper back in the day? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, I mean, just trying to, I don't know if you guys had braces or uh, retainers or anything, trying to talk with those, it, you're going to have a lisp no matter what. Mm. Yeah, we, I never, you didn't have braces, did you, Seth? I didn't. I did not. Um, my oh my God exclamation just, just made me think, so you said drowning in saliva, made <laughs> me think of like, why did in, in the early 2000s, the super group never happen of drowning pool and saliva and they could have been drowning oh in saliva God. oh that would have been a great uh like tour they could have been because i'm sure they do now i'm sure they tour now uh on their on their like has been's rock tour mm-hmm. that they, they go to county fairs, small baby. stadiums go to like county fairs and whatnot <laughs> pretty much dude i here's what i'll say you guys if you're out there podcast listeners and the idea of seeing a, a has-been rock star at a county fair, if that makes you laugh and you think that's a stupid thing to go do, you're fucking wrong, dude. Because <laughs> like three of the best concerts I've ever been to have been county fair old has-been concerts. Yeah. Brett Michaels, uh, who did we see? Foreigner? Foreigner. Yeah, Foreigner was amazing. That One was, of the best shows I've ever that been was to. A- Top five drunkest I've ever been in my entire life, and it was the best concert. But I can totally imagine, like, the has-been tour would be like, this summer, stained, drowning pool, and saliva bring to you the has-been rock tour. You even have the the radio, the, like, pop radio yep. rock DJ. Oh, my God, that's perfect. With a special appearance by Trapped. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> At the Waterloo Cattle Congress. (laughs) (laughs) That one is for the locals. Oh, man, that's my favorite venue that you just brought up. Uh, That, that, the Waterloo Cattle Congress is the event where I actually, this is 100% true, went to my first ever concert. And the concert was um, 303. Cali Swag District, who had the song Teach Me How to Dougie. Um, Sick Puppies, which was a rock band. And Nelly was the headliner. That was what my first ever fuck? concert, Damn. and it was at the Cattle Congress. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't 303, because 303 wasn't like the number 30H exclamation point three, right? Yep. 
Yep. yep. And yep. And, and they, they had a they cool had hand the, thing you could do. They had don't trust uh, that one. Yep. Yep. That was that. That was their big hit. But they actually, I will say this: three hundred three, really awesome live. That was I. I, I only really went to that to see Nelly and Cali Swag District, but uh, three hundred three was a pleasant surprise. That was awesome. Yeah, that and one that, song that you like, knew. It was like Q ninety two point threes, um, like winter bash or something was the that was the concert and so it was like a you know they had them all in there they each did like half an hour sets or some shit like that um it was pretty fun it was pretty fun. coming february 21st 303 nelly and kelly swag district wow <laughs> you, damn you should be in radio man <laughs> that was sounded good <laughs> i've always said seth's got a face for radio <laughs> That's like the oldest joke in the book, but uh, sometimes you got to go back to your roots. Um, guys, I'm really excited. We have so much fun stuff to talk about this week, um, but I want to start with you, Jared, because it's been a big week for uh, J-Buck Studios. Um, Seth and I were on the show in the comments watching J-Buck Live last night, so that, that was Tuesday the 19th uh, for folks in the future, um, but big, big news uh, from from J Buck Studios and the and some new uh, some new capabilities that that you're hopefully going to have going forward. But um, uh, talk about this review that we're going to do later in the show and how that came about. Yep, we are now sponsored by Sweating with Steve. Uh, Steve Sparkles. <laughs> oh no no, no that, that's not what you wanted. <laughs> I am ready to get sweaty. <laughs> no J Buck Live. We uh or on the J Buck Studios channel for myself. I was finally approved or given access to Netflix screeners. So I will hopefully in the future, um, including this week, have Netflix reviews a little bit early for you guys um, so you don't have to like binge watch everything on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You can be selective. That's going to be awesome. You can be selective, and it'll allow you to uh, get early access to those JB opinions. That way you can choose what you're watching uh, by the time the weekend comes up. Uh, this has already started. Um, Jared's going to review this for, for our show here later on. Um, but already out there on the channel, uh, Netflix's Lovebirds. It, Jared has his review out there. So head on over uh, to the page. At Jared Buckendall. Uh, we'll link to this in the description as well. Uh, if you're at all interested in that movie or if you just want to support JB, go watch that video specifically and give it a thumbs up. Um, that way Netflix sees that JB's mm-hmm. the real deal and they need to keep sending them some screeners. Absolutely. And, and it's and, also kind of like a like a bittersweet type thing because I was supposed to see that movie at South by Southwest. Obviously, that was canceled with everything that's going on. So luckily, I was still able to see the movie a little early. It's strange to me now how long ago that seems that we were in Austin, not at it feels South like by. <laughs> two to 18 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and Jared, oh, if... You know, if you if you want to request uh, the final season of Thirteen Reasons Why, um, I will watch it for you, and then you can. I'll just like write you a, a review, and you can go ahead and, and do put it on your channel. I mean, I mean, we can talk off the air, but if and when uh, this com- you know we combine into this uh, Megatron or uh, whatever type of creature, uh, then you guys would have access as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I, I think it's it's interesting, and it shows just how dire the situation is. That in the middle of what's supposed to be blockbuster movie season, Seth is actively looking forward to the new season of Thirteen Reasons Why. <laughs> I'm really not. I just want to watch it now, so I don't have to like spend my time watching it when The Last of Us comes out. So, uh, <laughs> that's uh, a gotcha. Good point. <laughs> oh wow. Um, 
It is also exciting over at JBuck Studios because uh, you're on a new platform, Jared. And, and yes, you've, uh, you've started, started, getting your, started getting the word out on Grinder uh, to meet folks in, a, in a, maybe a demographic you hadn't touched yet. No, you know, we're uh, over there. We're spinning <laughs> artists and meats, grinding them up. It is wonderful. Gotta look out for them dick peas. <laughs> mm, yes, yes, yes. No, um, I people have been asking me for on a long time now. They're like, "Hey, do you have a TikTok? What's your TikTok? You're funny. Like, what what's your TikTok? I want to follow you." I don't know how TikTok works. I downloaded it a while ago. Still have no idea how it works. Finally today, I was like, "I'm gonna put a little research in. I'm gonna figure out how this platform works." And I did two TikToks today. Cody, uh, is, is would you say that they're both pretty good? I think, and I'm not just saying this because you're a buddy. Like those are, uh, I don't, I, I don't understand TikTok as a whole, but it seems like that is exactly what it's for. I, I yeah, um, I think that that's exa- like, like the two that I did are ex- that's what TikTok is. So, so hopefully, fine. I can it's keep the it quintessential, going. the quintessential TikTok, just short, hilarious shit, and it's fine. not like. It's not terrible or shitty like most of the stuff that I see from TikTok because mm-hmm. I don't have an account on TikTok and I know Seth doesn't either. But like I, it's all over Twitter, people post their TikToks, and that's where I saw yours too. Um, it was great stuff, and and I know what we're gonna do here for the show in a second. Here is uh, we're gonna have Seth watch one of those uh, TikToks, and we're gonna record his live reaction to it <laughs> um, because he hasn't seen one yet. But um, for the folks out there on TikTok. Uh, how is your is your TikTok handle? Is it at Jared Buckendall as well? I think it's well? at J Buck Studios. There you go. So at J Buck Studios, if you're on TikTok, if you're not, if you're not like me, uh, then get on Twitter at Jared Buckendall. And if you follow Jared there, you'll get all of his TikToks. Um, and also, for what it's worth, pretty solid tweets. Um, <laughs> as far as as far as the joke tweets go, uh, Jared's usually good for for a good few a day. Um, so that's a good follow on Twitter. The Pier One for something that's not. The Pier One Exports was pretty good. <laughs> Seth, did you uh, were you asking if TikTok is sort of like Vine? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I think Vine. I don't know if they ever extended how long you could record for. I knew that they're kind of they were notorious for six seconds. I think TikTok is anywhere from like three seconds all the way up to a minute. But okay. essentially, that's what it is now. It's kind of the replacement. And even back when Vine was a thing, um, people ask me why I didn't have a vine and even then I didn't understand so I'm like I need to get ahead of this curve before TikTok disappears I'm gonna get ahead of it I'm gonna become famous I'm gonna you know just that that's my plan right now there are some people who have gotten that way on TikTok and and we're about to find out why I think that's a good plan for you Jared Seth I need you to pull up Jared's Twitter feed I got it right and here watch this Okay, I don't, I don't, what I don't want to do is, is describe to the listener what's happening. I just want your reaction. So for folks, if you want to know what Seth is watching, hit the link in the description box uh, to this TikTok of Jared's. Uh, I'll probably post a link to his tweet, actually. Um, So you can go watch this. And so you'll understand what's about to happen here. Okay, Seth, whenever you're ready, push play and just let us know what you think of this. (laughs) So I I see a tweet that says, I've already ruined this app. And uh, it's, it's a picture of Jared's shower. Um, it says wait for it. Alright, I'm gonna click play. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Oh 
you can just picture it. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm not even watching it, and it's killing me. <laughs> wow. Uh, may- maybe our smarter listeners with context clues will understand without watching um, what's going on, but I cannot recommend folks enough. Hit the link in the description box and go watch that TikTok. That is maybe my favorite TikTok I've seen yet. <laughs> that's fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, believe me, they're not of quality. They're just redonkulous. I mean, it's hilarious and amazing, but it's that's awful. How uh, how did you get your audio there? Um, I think was okay. that. So on the app, there's thousands of audio clips that people can choose from and use. And mm. that one just just randomly popped up. And I was like, I think I could do something funny with this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That is uh, – you did. You did do something funny. Um, so make sure you guys uh, – J-Buck Studios on TikTok or, uh, or on, on the tweets. At Jared Buckendall. Make sure you go check out everything Jared's got going on. Um, I, you know, it seems, it seems, Jared, that you've hit a, a relatively creative streak, especially in these last couple weeks. So quarantine's treating you well, at least recently. I mean, it's that extra time, man. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I need. Yep. Um, wow. That was special. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be thinking about that, like, for a while. Um, that was funny. Wow. Make sure you guys check that stuff out. Again, links in the description box to not only the stuff we've covered so far, but stuff from all over the episode, uh, which we're going to jump into here in a second. We got some reviews, a uh, bunch of bunch of TV reviews, actually, uh, a couple movies as well, uh, and some interesting topics to cover, some big news, actually, in the movie world that we're going to cover in a moment here. But before we get to any of that, we got to start, like we always do, with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. I don't know the context uh, for this one, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, Me versus the Warren Buffett swear to the Jesus I suplex him on his head if he lose anybody the money. He's going to fight Warren Buffett? (laughs) I guess. Over the stock market. (laughs) Yeah, but what did Warren Buffett have to do with that? He is the stock market. Warren Buffett owns Coca-Cola and and Dairy Queen, all right? Dairy Queen is one of the three greatest creations in the history of the world because they make some delicious ice cream. So if Iron Sheik wants to fight Warren Buffett, Warren B is going to lay the smack down right on the Iron Sheik. (laughs) Well, careful, Sheiky. You're going to have Seth Ott coming down the ramp with a steel chair in the middle of that match. (laughs) If if anyone, (laughs) anyone ever disparages the name of Dairy Queen, I swear to Jesus, I don't care who it is, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I think we found Seth's button. Watch the fuck out mm-hmm. if you're going to talk shit about DQ on the tweets. Uh, and let us know, or tweet at, uh, at the underscore Iron Sheik if you think whether or not he could beat Warren Buffett in a fight. I think it'd be interesting, and I think we need to have it on pay-per-view. I real really quick. So. Real quick. Oh, real quick. Real quick. Uh, favorite... Blizzards go. Oreo. I'm a I'm a big mint Oreo or an Oreo cheesecake. Mm, a lot of Oreos. Go mm. to you know mine. Go ahead. Uh, Seth likes to get a large peanut butter cup Blizzard with chocolate ice cream. Boom! There you go. Do you have to specify yep. the chocolate ice cream? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, that's a nice switch. I've never, never heard that one. Yeah, the standard comes with vanilla. Um, mm-hmm. One of the twists on, I would encourage if you're an Oreo Blizzard fan, um, I like to get an Oreo Blizzard with vanilla ice cream, but then like some hot fudge in there. Mm-hmm. Wait, you can um, ask for I that like the, too? Yep. Yeah, hot fudge is just an add-on. So you get hot fudge, but then when they blend it, it basically chocolifies the ice cream. And oh. I like the way that I like the way that that tastes better than chocolate ice cream. That's just my preference. Man, um, I'm a little bit of an ice cream snob. I need myself. to step up my <laughs> Blizzard game. Apparently, an underrated yeah, part of that whole thing was that Cody specifies the size of the Blizzard. That I get. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. I I've never seen you get any other size, so. I guess- <laughs> It's just part. It's just part of the order. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, that's fucking funny. That is funny. Um, wow, great stuff. Great stuff in chic tweets. We got. We appreciate Cheeky Baby for sending us down that one. I call you a punk. All right, let's shout out the sponsors here. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Mathis Designs. Head over to etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Paid. And, of course, Mike's Wood. Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. Hmm. Excellent. Excellente. Um, let's head over to, again, our previously recorded selves for one more ad. This one about Anchor. Excellent stuff as per use. Uh, big shouts out to our Anchor contributors, uh, Mike V. At Jared Buckendall. Uh, KCC and Anna S. We really appreciate you guys helping out the show, supporting us, uh, helping us improve the show on a monthly basis. Uh, if you want to come an anchor, if you want to become an anchor contributor, hit the link in the description box to head to our page. Uh, and if not, again, just keep clicking on these episodes, keep sharing them with friends because every listen helps the show. If you want to help out the podcast in other ways, uh, if you're on Apple podcast, leave us a review, um, or wherever it is you are. If you can leave a review, please leave a good, a good one. Uh, if you're going to leave a shitty one, <laughs> fuck off. Don't do that. Um, only good reviews, please. Um, and I say that because we got a review this week uh, from an unlikely place that I wanted to share with the folks at home. Um, and Jared, I don't remember if you saw this. I know Seth did. Um, but this is during J Buck Live, uh, during this week's episode. <laughs> uh oh, what we happened? Were in the, we were in the chat box, and Jared was shouting out chat to his box. folks. Um, he was saying that, Hey, I'm being on the SoCo show this week. Make sure you guys check it out. Shouts out to Seth and Cody in the comments. And, uh, one of your, one of your listeners or or viewers, um, on, uh, on J Buck live apparently is also a listener of ours because here's, here's what, uh, someone popped in. This is Mike media Inc popped into the chat and says this, which person of the SoCo show sounds like a girl. I forgot their name. And then he says, great show. And I said, that's me, baby. And I gave him a kissy face. And uh, and he was showing some love. So shouts out to Mike Media if you're out there listening. Oh, shit. Uh, really appreciate the, appreciate the laugh. That was fun. Ooh, um, that was that made me laugh real hard. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I was cackling. That was immediately. I laughed because I thought I, I thought it was funny, and then I, and then immediately after I was done laughing, I was like, "Oh, Seth loves that for sure." Yeah, I put um, I put. Yeah. That's the the most ha-has I've put in the the JB chat and ever. Like that <laughs> made me laugh so hard. Seven ha's. That was a seven ha comment. Um, so shouts out to Mike Media if you're out there. Well, the thing that was great about that is because I didn't. I don't ever expect anyone to listen to the show, and so I saw someone comment about it in the, in the chat, and I'm like, I for for a second I'm like, are they insulting Cody? And I'm like, oh no, they listen to the show and they get it. Like that's that's a joke we make in the show. Yeah. And so then, <laughs> so then I was laughing really hard. Well, and that's the thing, you know that he listens. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I always get, I'm I'm with you Seth. I never really expect anyone to hear this. So whenever <laughs> someone whenever someone comes up or or in conversation goes, "Oh yeah, I remember when you were saying this on the podcast or whatever." I'm always genuinely so touched that people spend time listening to our voices. Mm-hmm. Um so big shouts out not only to Mike and to our contributors but to anyone who's listening. Um we are shocked that you're there, <laughs> but we appreciate <laughs> that you that you that you spend this time with us. Um and I didn't mean for it to be the we thank the viewers hour of the of the show, but it turned into that, and I don't regret it. And speaking of, I want to make sure that we uh, that we have a, a good audience that likes us, because there was some news in the world of podcasting uh, today, as of our recording day, which is Wednesday the twentieth. Um, that was very interesting to me, and we don't usually cover like podcast news other than just sharing recommendations. But this was this was a, this was pretty big. Uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, and his podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience, I think is what it's called, yep. um, have signed a deal with Spotify. This is a, um, I want to make sure, I want to get the details right here. So give me just one sec to pull this up. Um, but what I do know is that this is an exclusive uh, Spotify streaming contract. So the only place you're going to be able to get the Joe Rogan podcast is on Spotify. Um, so- exclusive this is a multi-year deal, and when I tell you this, guys, hold on to your chairs. My question is, um, real quick, before you before you do read that, is he still doing the YouTube part of it too, or is it just like the pot, like the audio? The audio. Sp- um, let's see. <clears throat> I would assume for visual, he would still be doing the um, because- the YouTube, but it's probably going to be like say sponsored by Spotify. Okay, because yeah, the YouTube video is like. Within hours, he has millions of views on each video. Mm-hmm. Imagine how many audio listens he has. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be... Yes, oh, so clips of the show will still be available on YouTube, um, where they get millions of weekly viewers. Um, and then later in the year, full episodes will be streaming exclusively on Spotify. So the full episodes Whoa. will no longer be on YouTube after wow. a certain point. Spotify getting big in the podcast game. They've brought on some other exclusives. They've got uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, which is big uh, if you're a sports fan, Um, among others. The eye-popping part about this deal, you guys, um, this has not been official, but the Wall Street Journal is reporting, citing an anonymous source, that the deal is worth more than $100 million. (laughs) How many years did it say? Um, It just says multi-year deal. Hmm. Um, it doesn't look like all the details are out, um, but they it, they say uh, 9.1 million followers of the podcast um, currently is their estimate. And I'm not sure how they pull that together, but there's a decent chance that that's low if they're not getting it from all sources, you know, which, which mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so this is this is big and i think the first real deal of its kind um to get this sort of massive this feels like uh you know like a kenya barris or ryan murphy deal with netflix which we've seen in the past few years but just gaudy numbers because of the audience that they know is built in and is coming with them to that platform and sure even if rogan loses a million or two million of his subscribers that's still a really valuable podcast. Yeah. I think this is fascinating. I want to know what you guys think about the idea, the exclusivity idea of podcasts and how that you think like makes sense in the medium. And then whether you think this, this type of deal, even at a lesser dollar amount is possible for anyone, but someone who's already an existing celebrity. I don't, I think, I think this is going to be exclusive to people who already have that audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, um, but if there's, if there is this, would this be a, a worthwhile goal for someone, even with a, a pretty steady podcast following, to build toward? Or to to you, is this more of a unicorn that this, like five people ever are going to get? This is definitely a unicorn. Joe Rogan, in terms of podcasting, is because he's he's a stand up, but I think most people know him as a, as a podcaster, mm-hmm. um, and he makes most almost all of his money on pot. And now a hundred million dollars, like that's. Crazy. It's guaranteed money too, right? And I think that's smart of him to do this now because he built his audience off of YouTube and the video of his uh, of his podcast. But I think in terms of how YouTube is now and, and how unpredictable it is, like you know, Jared, obviously you can speak on this better than I can. Like mm-hmm. the the monetization of YouTube and all that stuff. Like I think it's we're we're coming to a point, especially too with podcasts. You hear all the ads on podcasts of like you know uh, uh, Stitch Fix and feels and blue chew and all these different things like they're giving these ads to so many people like the money they're giving to people starting to become so spread out rogan was the first to do all of that he was the first to do this on youtube he was the first to get all those ads he was the first to do all of that and so now he's realizing like everyone else is doing this now because of what i created i'm going to be the first to jump onto this huge spotify spotify deal uh, $400 million because mm-hmm. all this other money is becoming so spread out. Um, I think it's smart. Joe Rogan, no matter what you think about that guy, he's smart as fuck in terms of like mm-hmm. his business acumen. Um, he has created a brand for himself because it, again, he's a, he's a, like his, some of his standup is funny, but I don't care about that. What I care about is listening to the guests he has on his podcast because he has some, he gets the most interesting guests. He gets some really interesting like comments out of people, and he created that brand off of that, and then monetized it. And this deal that he made, I think, is super smart. I had no like I knew there was a deal in place, but what you just said, I had no idea about. And I think that's that's genius. Like personally, if I was a fan of his and like tuned into every episode, and because there's there's a lot of people who are. Joe Rogan diehards who will not like they they listen to every episode and they defend him tooth and nail. I am not that. I'll tune into episodes here and there for people I like. Um, those people though who like if Kevin Kevin Smith for example, if he put all of his episodes behind just Spotify and they were like either behind a paywall or whatever, and I didn't get to see it. Like if he did all of his podcasts on video and I don't get to see those anymore, personally, I'd probably be upset. Because mm-hmm. I don't get that same access that I got before, but in term, but if but if I knew he's getting hundred million dollars, I couldn't blame him either. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think some people are going to be upset, obviously. But like you said, so I just looked up his YouTube channel. His YouTube channel has uh, eight point four three million subscribers. Looking at his videos, um, 
anything that's come out, I guess, prior to a couple of days ago, average about 2 million views. Some <laughs> or more. Like, Elon, Elon Musk is 13 million, uh, which came out a week ago. Uh, Tony Hawk came out a couple of days ago, and that has close to a million. Uh, no, Tony Hawk came out eight hours ago, and that has close to a million. So, like, he's averaging about 2 million per, per video. If he can get... If Spotify can get, out of the 9 million subscribers, can get a million listens per podcast, it's way more than most podcasts get. Oh, yeah. So I think mm-hmm. I think for Spotify and Joe Rogan, this makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely right there with you. It's, it's, it, it's interesting kind of the next era of what's going mm-hmm. on here because, you know, Joe Rogan, he just made this deal with Spotify, um, a podcast I listened to, the last podcast on the left – Within the last, within this year, um, I went from listening to them on Apple Podcast, and now they and their whole network is exclusive to Spotify as well. And then another podcast, um, the guys we guys we fucked, um, they didn't go to Spotify. They went to a different exclusive one where it's like a paid membership. And I think that this is what the next era is of podcasts, where they're going to take their talents to an exclusive platform. And Spotify, for example, having that notion or just fact of being like we are the home of the joe rogan podcast that means so much for the spot spotify Mm -hmm. platform and also they they're they're doing this because they're bringing a lot more platform or podcast onto their platform you know what five years ago it was like spotify is that music you turn on and listen to a random playlist now it is definitely the place for podcast i honestly listen if all of my podcasts are available on spotify i would prefer to listen to them via that platform than go through apple podcasts um that's the Mm -hmm. way i feel also getting into the money guaranteed money right there youtube Mm -hmm. is very hit or miss especially over the last five years because he has probably lost millions of dollars from when they've done ad deals to ad deals to ad deals with other big people ruining them that essentially for everyone else Mm -hmm. um and another thing, like you're saying, uh, Seth, about the whole, like, sponsorships where, say, he had, like, uh, Manscaped for – he was the first one. Now everyone has that. Mm-hmm. And those those products, you know, they're great. They're letting everyone have a chance to get a little bit of affiliate marketing. But for them, they're paying next to nothing to market because you, the podcaster – have to go out, use your time, use your platform to advertise this, and you're only getting paid if and when those products are or those promo codes are used. Um, he probably had bigger, better deals with those platforms where it's like, hey, here's a guaranteed amount of money, and then you get 20% of every sale or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's the boring business side of it, but I think that this is definitely the next era of podcasts. I also it really wonder- does. It feels. It does feel like that quantum leap because what this sounds like to me now is you've got. Um, I think Luminary is that podcasting platform. Yep, that's the um, one that you had mentioned, where it's paid. You've got Spotify, which is paid. Um, these are TV channels. You subscribe, and you, these are the shows you get. Now, and hey, Cody, quick question: They're gonna is is yeah. this Spotify podcast? Is the Joe Rogan podcast free to the platform, or is it going to be behind Spotify Premium? That is an excellent question. Um, okay. Let me keep looking. Let me keep looking on that. Um, I would hope that it's free, but let me let me double check this. I could. Why you're looking? It, yeah, go ahead, Seth. I'm say while you're looking, also too. So you mentioned clips on YouTube. 
I know fans are going to be upset if there's no, like if you can't see the video in its entirety. So I wonder about that. I wonder if he's going to continue to do the whole video of it all, um, and if that's going to be on Spotify. Um, I also wonder too what his number of podcasts he has to put out. Like in terms of the number that Spotify says, okay, you have to put an X number out, amount per week because he seems to do podcasts. Multi, he does three to five per week. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like there's a set schedule that he has. Um, but also too, he does like some of his episodes are an hour and a half. Some are five hours. So he also does like MMA podcasts. Uh, he does all kinds of different stuff. So I wonder like what those terms are. Does he have to put an X number amount per week? Are his MMA podcasts exclusive to still YouTube or are they still exclusive to Spotify? Like that's a whole thing I wonder. And I'm sure may, like I'm sure this deal has been in works for years or not years but months. Mm-hmm. So I wonder like how how that all worked out. It's really it's for 100 million dollars, I'm sure there's a lot worked out with it, but I'm interested to to know what the whole thing is with it. Well, you bring up an interesting concept right there because it almost falls down to this thing. Say they say in the contract you do 3 a week. Then it falls down to the thing, who who here is benefiting? Is he benefiting from this, you know, $100 million deal, or is Spotify benefiting? Or are they both kind of on a level playing field? I can't see here whether it's going to be behind the paywall or not. I would I, doubt I it. feel like if it was, it'd be foolish because that, again, that would very much limit the the people that would come to be on your platform. Mm-hmm. And the money for Spotify is probably more in the ad anyway. Um they're going to make more from the advertisers than they would have from the, from the yeah. subscribers. So that still makes this deal worth it because they're going to turn around and sell an advertising package to, you know, instead of Manscaped going to Rogan, they'll go to Spotify now. And so mm-hmm. they get to deal with all that and they'll make more money. I did read as part of that article, Spotify now the number two podcasting platform um, as far as listens go behind Apple Podcasts. I hadn't realized they had climbed the board that quickly. Yeah. But, um, it's really glad that we got the Soko show on there now yep. <laughs> to uh, to be able to be on there. I this this is really interesting to me because I do think it is that quantum leap. I think people in in time people will start choosing Spotify over other services because it's got exclusive podcasts and they already have that with some music artists today. Um, but Spotify is doing this whole listening thing correct. They seem to be cornering the market really at every turn because podcasts were someone else's opportunity to get ahead of Spotify, but they, they now have headed that off at the past just with this one move. Um, so Spotify is certainly here to stay. Um, they're not going anywhere. It'll be interesting to see what other platforms try to do stuff like this to stay relevant and stay like ahead of the game. Um, what, what next big podcast is Dax Shepard's podcast going to get um, bought up by Apple or something and be exclusive there? I, I wonder what's going to happen next to try to um, be the retaliation for this move by Spotify from someone else. Really fascinated to see what that is. Also, cannot wait to get my million-dollar check uh, when Spotify buys the Soko <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if we break it down, so if he's got nine and a half million and nine and a half million subscribers, and he get a hundred million dollars, that's roughly ten dollars per listener a little more than that so seth we got a couple hundred bucks coming our way i'm pretty excited about this let's do it (laughs) 
Uh, this will be fascinating. Really interesting to keep an eye on 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 Rogan's podcast. I don't even listen to it. I just think it's fascinating because it's like it's the top shit in terms of podcasts. So this is very cool. Um, one other piece of news that I wanted to make sure we talked about this week. We talked about it last week or last this week, I guess, on J Buck Live as well. Um, but we got some new information about the Snyder Cut for Justice League the movie. So for folks who don't know. Um, I'd be surprised if there's many of you still out there who don't know what I'm talking about, but the movie Justice League, in the middle of production, Zack Snyder, the original director, had to leave. He had had a family, uh, a death in the family, and had to step away. And so Joss Whedon was brought on in the middle of production to finish the movie. And apparently, if you listen to Zack Snyder and some other people around the set, the movie Snyder was making was a lot different from what we ended up with from Whedon Um, which I also understand there was quite a bit of studio input into that. And so there's always been for the last few years now, this clamoring for what, why can't we see the Snyder cut? Let's see the Snyder cut. Maybe it's a better movie. We found out today that it's going to finally happen after the hashtag release the Snyder cuts been going on for several years now. Uh, HBO max will be the place. Uh, WB is going to be releasing, uh, justice league, the Snyder cut, uh, we've got a vague release time period of next year, 2021, and it would be dropping on that platform. Um, there's a lot of questions that I want to ask you guys about this, but the first one is, are you excited to see this? Is this something you like want to watch? Are you going to go watch this day one? I am right in the middle. Um, I wasn't clamoring for it, but I'm curious. I want to know what, why, why is it such a, a movement, essentially? Why are so many people wanting it? D- it's almost kind of laughable because, yeah, some some people were claiming, oh, yeah, I've seen it and it's amazing and this and that. You probably watched it with a lot of blank screens that say insert visual effects scene here um, because mm-hmm. it's not done. <laughs> Seth, what about you? When this gets finished, and by the way, so Jared, speaking to it not done, one of the articles I read today said there's probably between 20 and $30 million of additional work that will need to be done before the release. So assumedly, we're going to get a pretty polished version of this because they're making another investment to finish Snyder's version. Knowing that, knowing it is going to be a finished movie, where are you at on this, Seth? Are you you rushing out to this day one, or do you care? In the the iconic words of Iconopop, I don't care. I really don't oh, care. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll probably watch it uh, just to see what what's different, um, but I I don't care. I really don't. Yeah, I for me, I am interested, not necessarily excited. Um, of course, you know some of the things we're hearing about Snyder's version are that it was darker, um, and that they went in different directions at different times, and that Whedon and the studio inserted maybe some jokes and some more lighthearted moments. So the so it sounds like tonally there's going to be a change. That interests me. I, I'd like to see what's different about it. But I'm not like charged up about this. We talked about this on, on Jared's show this week. I just don't see how, and maybe I'm about to get a lesson in editing. Uh, <laughs> I don't see how a movie with the same shots in it, at least a lot of the same shots, uh, is going to be that different. Like I thought Justice League stunk as a movie. I don't see a possibility where this comes out and is amazing. I And, and I guess that preps me to be surprised but I, it's not like this is going to be the next great fucking american movie right so yeah. here's here's the thing is with a lot of these director cuts and you can go back to blade runner um and then even like 
uh, I mentioned in, in the chat for uh, J Book Live, Richard Donner. Um, Richard Donner mm-hmm. with the Superman two cut, he was let go of the move of Superman two halfway through it, and so the the ending and um, a majority of the movie wasn't what he had envisioned, what he wrote, and what what he had had shot. Um, they had edited it to be a different movie, and so that can happen with with some movies. Um, same thing with like Blade Runner. Um, the ending was 100% entirely different than what um, the the who was the original director on that? Uh, I'm blanking. Director of um, oh Ridley Scott, right? Ridley Scott, yes. So same thing with him. Is he had um, I think he had also left the movie, or something had happened where it, the ending was different than what he had wanted, and and so they'd film some additional scenes and put some things in there. And maybe that's going to be part of the justice league is they're, they're going to film some additional things or whatever. Um, with, with Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon came in, it was a different movie. So like, maybe that's what we're going to get here. We don't know yet. That's, that's the thing is we just don't know what's going to be different. There's like, if it's going to probably going to be longer, like you said, it might be darker and there might be some different scenes in there. They probably filmed some different stuff that didn't make it. Um, that's that's the potential with it is a Blade Runner, Richard Donner cut of Superman, like different ending, different scenes, different story. Mm-hmm. That's what we don't know. That could be it. That's kind of the exciting part of it, and that's what I'm interested to see. I just don't really care because mm-hmm. it doesn't in the in the long run it doesn't matter. We're not gonna right. get in, in the DCEU. We're not gonna really get that much of a continuation you know obviously like maybe wonder woman comes out in august and we and we get a continuation of this universe but it's really not going to tie back into justice league probably shazam didn't tie into tie into justice league at all Mm-mm. i'm way more interested to see because it seems to me like they're going to do these universes within a universe like there's a wonder woman universe there's a shazam universe like black adam like there's that type of thing but i don't think we're ever going to see a justice league 2 with these characters again so it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter um the batman that hopefully will come out next year probably not though um is it's going to be separate so i care about that a lot but it's not going to be the dceu the joker is not the dceu so Again, doesn't matter. Am I am I gonna watch it and and be interested to see what's going on with it? Maybe with this new Justice League cut, maybe. But it doesn't matter. So for me, it's like it's a, a cool film thing, and and maybe in twenty years we're gonna be like, oh yeah, the Snyder cut, you know, kind of did something different. Just the same the same way we talk about Blade Runner, the same way we talk about Superman two. Right now, though, because nerds are the way they are mm-hmm. they care way more about this than they should mm-hmm. and give it way more credit than they should just like they did with the bvs director's cut mm-hmm. i i you're bringing up a lot of things yeah i'm kind of there with you where it's like uh, who cares i don't know how much of an impact it's gonna have again i i'm not working in the biz i don't know how much 20 to 30 million dollars can get you via reshoots um via visual effects and how much footage was a potentially left on the cutting room floor that they can pick up and somehow mishmash together to fix or not even fix, but put together a completely different through line because it felt like that movie with what you have right now, I don't know where you could go with it or what you could add to essentially make it that much better. Um, 
it's going to be this weird thing where it's it's going to fall on two sides. One, it's going to be absolutely garbage and people are going to riot. Or it's going to be so much better than people are going to riot. And then it's this weird thing where what does that do? If, if it is so much better that people are claiming, what kind of precedent does that do moving forward for other movies? Um, for example, like everyone freaked out about Rise of Skywalker. Disney's not going to go do that. But what if movies that don't have that big of like lore and whatnot somehow are like, well, we need to go change this. We have an extra – like what if budgets all of a sudden set aside 20 to $30 million to be like, we're going to fix this in the back end? Like it just seems foolish, but it could set mm. this weird standard moving forward. I hope not. What I hope it does is on the front end instead. I hope that – I hope what this says – it. If it succeeds, and because of this, I kind of hope it does. I hope it gets reviewed well because what I what I would rather see is studios during production uh, go to the director more for mm-hmm. for their input instead of wrestling away control from them and then putting out a movie that stinks and then having to go back to them. Give them that. Give them more of that control on the front end. I would like yeah. to see. I'd love for Marvel to do that, especially because um, their movies end up, with some ex- exceptions, end up looking almost always the same. Um, so that, that is what I hope the effect of it is. I can tell you that what I, what I know HBO max and WBs, uh, their best result is that this is going to move a couple of people over to subscribing to HBO max. Um, and to me, if I'm WB in the scope of things, 20 or 30 million bucks for a bunch more subscribers, hopefully, um, they must've analyzed and said that that's worth that cost. Um, I think this was as much a play for subscribers as it was for anything else. To to go to rewind just a little bit to your point about the Marvel thing, at least with the Marvel movies, they're for the most part all pretty good movies. Yeah, and, that's good and the reason they're all pretty good movies is because they have a studio and one head in Kevin Feige who's helping to guide these movies to be good movies. Um, if they gave James Gunn, who's outside of Guardians of the Galaxy and maybe Super, not made a lot of great movies, create his own movie and make all the decisions on it, then, and that movie ends up being butt or not that good, then, both those movies, then then we're not looking at the MCU the same. I, mm-hmm. I think with, in terms of, like, the DCEU and uh, the whole, like, the whole thing with it is people talk about, oh, the BVS director's cut is actually pretty good then why didn't that movie come out? Yep. Like, that movie should have... I don't think that was like a WB DC studio thing. That was was more of like a length thing than anything. Like, that movie had to be three hours for people to be like, oh yeah, that wasn't bad. Can you imagine... Can you imagine being Snyder and having them hack up BVS and fart it out at two hours, 35 minutes because no one wanted to watch a three hour movie and then get the news that Endgame is three hours long? I'd be so fucking pissed. (laughs) But the thing is, is that the MCU and the Russos earned that three hours. That's true. Zack Snyder made Man of Steel and people thought like, oh yeah, that's not a bad Superman movie. And then he's like, okay, think of that, that Superman movie I made. But then let's do a three-hour movie with a Batman I just introduced that has a ton of lore behind it, but hasn't earned that yet. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think I, I think that the, the people who because I've seen people online who are like DC is they're like those contrarians who think like 
well, you know, Marvel's cookie cutter and, and blah, 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 blah. DC and, and the DCEU has taken more chances and succeeded more on some of their chances. Like, no, they haven't. They really have like, not. No. <laughs> the, 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 the whole thing of, like, the, the director's cuts, the Snyder cuts of these are, are better than, than stuff Marvel's put out. It's like, you shouldn't have to go watch something on DVD to say it's good. Like, that, yes. that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Yes, you shouldn't have to. If you want to, great. But th- don't introduce that as part of the argument. Like, if I say BVS sucks, well, did you watch the director's cut? No, I watched the fucking theatrical cut because yeah. that's what most people do. That's, I think that yeah. that should, like, it, it's the it's the official version. That's the, the one that they put out. That's the one that you mm-hmm. have to judge it on. I shouldn't have to go click to the left on the DVD menu to see the good version of the movie. I should be able to click play movie <laughs> on the DVD menu and see the good movie. <laughs> <laughs> there Unless you go. Less clicks for cut. Seth. Yeah, unrated cut. Sex, sex drive clicks. unrated cut. Boom. I watch that every time. <laughs> <laughs> I am. What's going to suck is that we're going to keep hearing about this over the next you know year or so until we get it out. To me, the news has been made. It's coming out. So uh, I'm sure there will be updates as, as they finish production of this and end up putting it out. But I am so excited to get to the day where we've seen it and can come back on the show to talk about it. That, mm-hmm. I, that I, I think will be a fun day. Uh, one way or another. So uh, the Snyder Cut officially, officially uh, will be coming out on HBO Max. So uh, me and all of my uh, brothel full of uh, password moochers uh, will have access to that when it comes out in 2021. <laughs> um, okay, so from the Snyder Cut, we move to, uh, this was a great idea that, uh, that Seth had had um, and, and we discussed in our little group chat this week, um, we're going to be talking now about a movie, uh, that Seth reviewed a while back and Seth, not. we're going to, re- we're going to, you did not review this. <laughs> we talked about this in the chat. Um, I, I don't read the chat. I just say, yes, I'll the, be there <laughs> in the text message. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll set this up. So this is a movie. It's on Hulu right now. I had wanted to go to see at the indie theater. It's a smaller movie. The movie's called Hearts Beat Loud. Um, it's on Hulu right now, like I mentioned. It was playing at the, the Indie Theater in 2018, and I'd wanted to go. I just wasn't able to make it. And so I watched it. I, I, was, in a, I was in a shitty mood. Uh, it was a week ago Thursday. Um, and I was like, I'm going to... I was tired. I was in a shitty mood. I was like, I'm going to just throw on a movie and, and like fall asleep. That's kind of like what it was. I was like, I don't want to watch anything I've already watched. I like had pulled out my DVD case and I was like looking through shit. I'm like, I don't know. So I threw in, I pulled up Hulu and I saw this and I'm like, I wanted to watch this years ago, throw it on. And I ended up like falling in love with this movie (laughs) when I turned it on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's heart, hearts beat loud has Nick Offerman, Tony Collette, Ted Danson. Um, The, the, the basic story of this is um, father and a daughter. The, 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 the father's a, failed musician who um uh, who's who's who lost his his wife who was also a music, musician with him his daughter uh, is going off to college it's the summer before college and she is in a relationship um that she's dealing with like the whole thing of um you know I'm, I'm leaving the the person i i'm in love with right now to go to college and do bigger things she's also has an estranged relationship kind of with nick offerman um, and they reconnect through music. That's kind of the basic story of it. Um, it's a movie that I, watching now, regret 
very much so not going to at the indie theater because I would have appreciated even more going to at the movie at the, at the indie theater. Um, but I personally love this movie, and this is a movie I know that seeing in the theater I would have raved about. And so the reason I brought this up to you guys is because uh, it's one that I would have like come out of the movie and texted you guys, being like, "I love this movie. You guys should see it." Mm-hmm. Kind of like mm-hmm. I do now. And, uh, like, anytime I go to an indie indie movie, um, you know, like, when we used to go to movies, um, <laughs> that, that I would have been like, you guys should go see it. It's great. So mm-hmm. I kind of, I, I wanted to, to have you guys watch this and see if you guys had the same thoughts that I did. I, uh, I did. Um, so I, and <laughs> this I'll, is and funny. I'll, pref- I'll preface this, that, because, again, I, I was... I was in a shitty mood. I I was crying in this movie. Um, I yeah. I had we had recorded the podcast the night before. I had I I think I only got like two and a half hours of sleep. So I was like already <laughs> yeah. like in a weird emotional state. I I was like there there was like a twenty minute scene of them singing music, and I was I had a tear the whole fucking time rolling down my face. Like it was <laughs> it it was bad. <laughs> I I think that has as much to do with outside uh, outside sources as it does with the movie. But I will yeah. say I, this movie made me cry also. Okay, um, good. That's far that's far <laughs> less of a feat because I'm me. But um, this is funny because I had a completely wrong idea of why we were doing this. I thought you had seen it and then watched it again. But it turns out you had just waited this long to see it because I remembered you talking about it a lot back then that you were excited to see it. Because I wanted and, to go um, see it, but I just never got to. I like I just yeah. for whatever reason just past it that's funny i didn't realize you never made it to it so okay so you had seen it for the first time this last week mm-hmm. i agree with what you said I, I i know i was watching this and i was like yeah seth loves this fucking movie <laughs> um, and uh and had you done that in 2018 had you come out and said guys make sure you watch this and then i had watched it then i think i would have loved it then also this was an awesome movie this was mm-hmm. like um it, that same exact scene got me by the way um be, and okay. they earn that there there's a, there's reasons why you cry when they're playing music it's not just that they're playing music um but um this was this was a, if someone asked me hey cody i hear seth always talking about how he likes small budget indie movies what does that even mean i would just show them this movie this is it this is mm-hmm. this is the textbook definition of a small budget indie movie it is like deeply personal if not really um like exciting per se like they're not in really extraordinary circumstances it's just these people's life for a while and so it's really deeply personal and, and intense in that way and really emotional and you you really jump on especially i think to nick offerman's character um but i loved the daughter in this played by kiersey yeah. clemens um she was amazing and i had seen her before in a movie dope. called dope yeah yep, yep. I love. Have you guys seen Dope? Yep, I have not, but I, I that that's what I I knew you knew her from that. Yep, yep. If you so Seth, either watch Dope soon. Or it's going on your list because <laughs> Dope is awesome. It also has uh, Shamik Moore is in Dope, um, who would go on to become Miles Morales after that. So uh, it, that's that's an excellent movie. Um, but this was just it was just so nice, and it, it's 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 relatively happy, um, and I think. Maybe it caught me in just a strange mood today. I don't know. Um, so maybe there were only two for three. I'm not sure, Jared, if they got you wet. But uh, <laughs> but this was this was just a perfectly nice, tight, 100-minute 
um, you know, a vehicle for Nick Offerman to show a little bit, stretch his legs a little bit outside the Ron Burgundy character. Great music. Um, this was, I, I liked it. I was a very, very pleasant surprise Ron Swanson, that this, you mean? That this uh, what did I say? <laughs> Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Yeah, no, Ron, Ron Swanson's who I meant. Um, but uh, I am very, very pleased that in a roundabout, interesting, strange way that this movie came back to us and that we didn't end up missing it. Jared, what what, what did you think? Did you like this as much as Seth and I? Well, um, I kind of, I feel like I kind of have the same backstory as what Seth is saying because this one, I remember it being, this was like right before I started going to the indie theater Kind of Me when, too. when when movies you know kind of more than I normally do, and also like Seth, you weren't giving us recommendations back then in mm-hmm. 2018. But I remember people talking about this movie, and it's popped up time and time again. And I'm so glad you made me watch it because I am right there with you guys on everything of this movie. Like it felt like yeah. th- this is what yeah, like that small budget indie film type feel movie is. Um, I was, again, I think I had a crappy, I don't know what day you texted, but again, I was having a crappy mood. It was that same night. It was Thursday. Oh, it was Thursday. I'd finished it, and I'm like, I I, I was like, I I had thought about it. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't, like, it'd been one of those things. I'm like, is this just me hyping it up in my mind? Mm -hmm. Because I had such a reaction to it. I'm like, I don't want to text these guys and be like, watch this. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "Fuck it, just just do it." And again, I was tired and delirious, so I was like, "Just, just here you go, <laughs> so, <laughs> just do it." So I don't know what had happened that day. I was in a crappy mood. I poured myself a drink, and I was like, "Okay, we'll give this movie a shot." It's my homework, and instantly fell in love with it. And I think it's a thing of, um, the, I I almost saw myself in both characters, kind of like you know the the Ron mm. Swanson character, where it's like. He's kind of doing his own thing. He's kind of burnt out, but he, he wants this dream. He wants this band. He he wants to do this thing and kind of almost like a kid at heart. And then the the daughter is very much like, do I go with the safe route of going to college or do I potentially risk it and go after this dream? So that's how I connected with both of these characters. Plus, it just felt like a real story. Like, yes. hey, this could, this could be us you know, in the future where, you know, you have this business, it's kind of failing, you go, you know, the bartender down the street, you're drinking, you're trying to have a relationship, this thing happens, that thing happens. Um, But the one thing that got me, obviously, I I was crying in the same spots you guys were talking about. But when I watch a movie, and I have that feeling of when you hear a song, all of your hair stands up and like shivers Mm. go down your back. Yeah. That's how I felt, and I re—I watched the last like 15 minutes or whatever where it's just music. I rewound it and watched it over again because yeah. I loved the music. I, I've mm-hmm. listened to the soundtrack a bunch uh, since, since I, I watched it. Like the next morning, I listened to the—I went on a run and I was listening to the soundtrack again, and it, like it was one of those things where I was seeing the movie again in my head when I was listening mm-hmm. to the to the song and I was like feeling the same feelings from it. It's a movie that stuck with me and that doesn't happen mm-hmm. a ton. Um I I'm like listening back to it and watching it and, like I'm I'm actually like I'm legitimately mad at myself for not going to this because like you mm-hmm. mentioned it was before I was giving recommendations to go to these. It was before honestly I'd been going to to the indie movies mm-hmm. a lot. I think I'd gone to a couple down uh, at that theater. It had been like to the point where it was like, oh, I'll go see a couple if there's some hype behind them. But I'm like, oh, it's Nick Offerman. Like, you know, how good can this be or whatever? Um, it was before I was going to see every single one that had good reviews. This has 91% in Rotten Tomatoes. 
So mm-hmm. like it's 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 a super well reviewed movie. I, it was just before I had made that commitment to go to go to more of these, and now it's like one of these ones that I because I have my list from 2018 on my phone of my top movies. It would be like uh, probably seven or eight on my my top ten. Um, mm-hmm. I I I just fell in love with the movie, uh, and and like you said, it's real. Um, there's decisions that happen uh, with characters at the end of the movie where I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to do this or that, mm-hmm. and they don't. I'm like, oh, that's a real-life decision they made. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would... that The thing I talk about sometimes with some of these indie movies, I, I say, like, Leave No Trace, for example. Um, I, I, I remember talking about in my review, I'm like, I, I want them to stick the landing. And heart, uh, uh, Hearts Beat Loud, they stuck the landing. They did exactly what I thought in my head, like, that the characters should do. And they did it. And not to say, like, oh, the movie's bad because they, they made decisions that I thought they should make or didn't make decisions that I they shouldn't make. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, if, if, I were, if I were writing the movie or if I were in the situation of the characters, these are the decisions I'd want them to make. And they made them. And it made me appreciate the movie even more because it made sense in terms of the characters and the world and, like, real life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad that you mentioned the top ten because I I don't have my list handy but I know it probably would have made my top ten for that year for sure because it it's a film that I'm gonna go back and watch for mm-hmm. sure um I I it, it's another thing too a lot of these indie films they I I like the messages and they seem real and whatnot if I would have seen this when I was eighteen. I think my mm-hmm. life would have been different, which sounds oh, yeah. outlandish mm-hmm. to people maybe listening right now, but it would have really made me start thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The you mentioned, uh, I mean, because it's it, like I said, it's it's a it's a sh- it's a movie about that summer in between high school mm-hmm. and college. It put me back in that mindset. Yep. that's probably another reason why I felt so good about it. It, it like it gave me happy feelings is because it it like took me back in time. I, I'm not that girl in that situation, but. It, the 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 atmosphere and the aesthetic they had in the movie made me feel like that. It's like that that last that last opportunity to do things. It's the it's the the finality of things coming up. It's which is a sad time, but it's also an exciting time. And I think they they captured that. And, and I feel like we're completely blowing this movie, but like I loved it. I. I I'm so glad you guys loved oh, man. it too. I don't because... care that we're blowing it. I'm blowing it. I'm giving it a reach round. I'm doing everything, man. <laughs> Putting a thumb up the bum. Yep. Rusty trombone is... it. I'm giving it a rusty trombone for sure. Um, <laughs> this is a good, and this, you know what? This, this makes me really happy um, just all over because one, like none of us planned on watching this movie this last week. We fucking stumbled upon it. Um, and that it could be so great. And even though we have heard of it, like we were never going to watch it. If Seth had not texted me, Hey, watch this. I would never have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And that may, that reminds me that one, there is a billion movies out there that we haven't seen. And so many of them might be this good. Um, so like knowing that they're out there to find is really exciting. Um, and, and anytime, I don't know, it feels really good. This is how I felt coming out of Booksmart. Is is mm-hmm. it's just like that's a movie that gets me, and I get it. And mm-hmm. it's you're simpatico with this movie, and this is that. And I think almost as much as anything else, for the listeners out there, especially if you have Hulu and you can watch this, um, if for no other reason, this is a great movie to have in your back pocket as like the movie no one's heard of, and you could show it to some people and have them think you have good taste in movies. Yeah. That like that, I'm gonna carry that around in my pocket for a while for people. And if someone needs a recommendation, this is one I'm going to put them to. Um, I, I'm honestly glad because it, it, 
it does. I'm glad you say all these things, both of you, because um, for a couple things I and, and I even thought while watching this is that um, it it for one it made me feel what I felt seeing movies at the end of the like I I missed that feeling and it's it's sad because it's only been a few months since we've been able to go to the indie theater but mm-hmm. like or any theater at all but like I I missed that feeling of like finishing a movie and like just having that feeling of like that that was amazing that was that was everything I wanted it to be um but also made me feel good because uh, now you guys saying this because um, it, it, it validates that I have pretty good taste in movies, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as much as anything, we're blowing Seth. Um, I, this is funny. I, I wish that Jared and I had spoken before and we could have coordinated and, and faked reviews and said, mm-hmm. I cannot believe anyone who connects emotionally to this movie is an idiot. We could have come and just totally shit on you for this whole time. <laughs> um, but we weren't able to get that coordinated, so we had to be honest. Uh, I we this gets as high a recommendation as any movie has gotten from the SoCo show, you guys. Um, Hulu is the place to watch it. Hearts Beat Loud is the name of the movie. Um, you're gonna see good old Nick Offerman on the cover of that one. Uh, really, really excellent. Get out there, watch it. Watch it with your boo. You'll have some hugs and smooches, and um, and you guys will feel great. It's gonna be nice. Um, so a little extra, a little extra review this week. A um, little extra uh, cinematic fellatio. Um, and, and we got some more stuff to get into, so we're going to keep it rolling here, and we're going to switch from movies uh, for now over to TV. Let's jump into the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, we got a whole bunch. Uh, let's start here because I just realized we're going to have a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of symmetry here because, uh, Seth, you've, you've recently been catching up on a show that, that Jared and I were recommending uh, a few weeks back on the show. Uh yeah, say yes to the dress. I know you both loved that that show. <laughs> season seven was the best. Incredible, incredible. I don't know how you have your best season in season seven, but they pulled it off. <laughs> um no, so I'll, I'll be quick about it. But yeah, Dave uh, on FX. Uh, had, I think did we talk about it in the podcast? We had that that deal about Dave and upload. Um, we did, yeah. I have not held I, up my end yet. <laughs> I say I, I held up my end, but um you know it's okay that you haven't finished upload because I I. I had to stop myself from watching Dave um, because I was so entertained and loved it. Um, this is a show, I mean, kind of similarly to, to Hearts Beat Loud, where I just felt a lot of affection to the to the characters, and I was so bought into that world. Um, I, I think, because you, you described the show, what it is about prior, but basically it's Dave, Lil Dicky, as a rapper, becoming um, famous and, and climbing up the, the ranks and all that stuff, but... Um, even more so, you know, it's about the, the characters and his friends and the world that he's, that he's in, uh, it's about relationships and there's so many topics that it hits on. Um, you, you guys were completely right. It's, it's an amazing show. It's extremely funny, but it's also very, uh, heartfelt and it's smart and, uh, hits on a lot of topics that not a lot of shows do. Um, I, I think you had mentioned it in, in your guys' review that, you know, Atlanta, at least Cody, I think you've, you've seen Atlanta. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen all of it, but you've seen all of it, right? Or no? Uh, I have a couple episodes. I just watched Teddy Perkins, though, this past week. Yeah. Um, so I've got I've got a handful of episodes left. Uh, okay, so you've seen most of it. But yeah, I think, I think Atlanta handles things in a more, um, in terms of like a more artsy way, I guess. Like they, they kind of mm. focus more on the, the filmmaking aspect. Whereas Dave, to me, Dave felt more real 
in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, still weird and wild, but it felt more in a world that we all live in. Whereas like Atlanta gets really fucking out there. There's an invisible car in Atlanta. So. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so I, I think Dave, Dave in general, I think is, is a more quote unquote relatable show, but it's super funny. It's um, it, because it, it is based on like hearing uh, Lil Dicky and uh, 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 what's his Dave? What's his last name? Dave bird, 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 Dave bird. Um, Hearing him, I've talked, uh, I've heard him talk on some podcasts and stuff. A lot of the stuff he does in that show is his real life. Like he he put a lot of his real life into it, which is, makes it feel real. And I I, I don't know. It it just felt like I was able to buy into it super well. I laughed so hard at a lot of really funny jokes, but I also felt for the characters a lot. And and there's some heartbreaking stuff that happens in the show. Some relationship stuff. Some personal stuff. Um, I was I was totally bought in the show. I did not want to end it. I did not want to finish it. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to keep going. I wanted there to be more. Um, I can't wait for season two, and who knows when it'll happen because of all this stuff. Um, I know when I love a show because I I continue to search out like the actors in it. Um, I've talked to you guys. Uh, one of the actors in it is Andrew Santino. Um, he's the the orange headed guy, <laughs> the ginger <laughs> in the show. Um, he's a really really funny stand up comedian. Um, who has some podcasts that I love, and I've been just binging the hell out of his stuff. And um, it, I, I don't know, like the the whole show is great, so cannot recommend Dave enough. Uh, I appreciate the the recommendation from you guys. That makes me happy. It's it's pretty rare for me to be the one that discovers and and distributes. Um, so this 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 was as soon as Dave was good, I was like, I have to tell fucking everybody. Um, <laughs> How did so you find? I'm glad. That? I, so I've just, I've followed Little Dicky for like a while. Um, So I knew the show was coming out, but I didn't know much about it. And then um, I actually watched the first episode with a friend of mine here, Fredo, actually, who you guys met. Um, He was actually who put me onto it. Um, So I guess I can't take all the credit. Um, But um, I, so I I was aware of it. I I might not have watched it as quickly as I did um, without, without having it put on me. Um, but the, um, but yeah, just found it on Hulu. Here's the thing too is that so my my roommate's girlfriend was watching an episode. I'd like come home from whatever, and there she was watching an episode. Is the episode where uh, he has his concert, he's backstage, and he confronts his <laughs> younger self, <laughs> and he <laughs> he does something with that with like food, and I'm like, this is weird, <laughs> and so it hit like that. Honestly, like I'm like, okay, this show is like a weird introspective thing that I don't care about type of thing like it just seemed like too inside little dicky for me mm-hmm. and because i know that like little dicky is there's he you know he has a big f- fan base so i'm like oh it th- this is a show for his fans i'm i like his music some of it's funny i whatever i don't care that much so i'm like i i'm gonna pass like i don't need to watch this and then you guys recommended and all that stuff but honestly if i didn't if i had seen another scene if i would have seen any other scene honestly because that was like the weirdest show, like the, the weirdest yeah. episode. And it made sense. Like mm-hmm. seeing it out of context was weird, right? Yeah. But seeing, but seeing it but, but seeing it within the episode of what it actually means is actually pretty deep and makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. So I probably walked in on the worst part and it probably could have thrown me off of the show for good. Um, but I'm glad that I that I did come back later to it and, and watch the whole thing because – Again, if I would have seen any other scene, I probably would have been bought into it and, and watched it. So, uh, mm-hmm. again, I'm glad you guys stuck 
to your guns on this one and, and told me to watch it. Well, and also another thing, uh, I don't I don't watch much TV, but like, I guess originally I thought it was like, oh, it's going to focus on these three people and they're going to be in every episode. I mean, it veers and really just focuses on like side characters for some episodes, which doesn't even make them side characters. They're main characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a really good ensemble of relative unknowns um, that all all, all kind of get their chance to shine and they all knock it out of the park, I think. Um, it was super, super well done. Um, so if you have not seen Dave yet, it, it also gets uh, the clean sweep from the SoCo show. Get out there and watch it on Hulu now. You can catch all of season one. Um, Do the three fists. Three fists. Oh, here we got, um, let's see here. Which one's the, is it this one? That one? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, so good stuff there. Dave is available out there on Hulu. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Dave. Hulu slaps today. Hulu's got, you could spend a great night or a whole day just on Hulu watching Hearts Beat Loud and Dave. Uh, you, you would not be sorry if that's how you spent a Saturday. Just saying. Um, but I have to switch. I'll switch platforms uh, and go to HBO for uh, a show that I watched this past week. I don't really, I took a long route to end up at this show. Um, and it involved like a bunch of YouTube videos, a couple podcasts, and then eventually I got to Porn the hub. shop. Pornhub. Yeah. I, there, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's part of it. Um, but uh, The Shop is the name of the show. This is on HBO, uh, produced by LeBron James and Maverick Carter. And um, basically, this is just a barbershop where it's a black barbershop. And um, for, those, for those of you who don't know, um, black barbershops are like fun to be in and, and cool. <laughs> um, and people talk to each other there. And uh, if you've seen Ice Cube's barbershop movies, it's, that's actually pretty accurate. Um, and so this is that, except the people in this barbershop are actually LeBron James and other big sports stars, other celebrities, musicians, big time famous people just in the barbershop getting cuts and just having conversations. And it's really interesting, depending on, you know, who they have on, they'll dive into some deep questions. They had uh, Lonzo Ball on an episode. They asked him to talk about his dad and everything going on with the big baller and all that. Um, they talked to Kevin Hart and he was honest about some of his, you know, he had the cheating thing in Vegas. Um, so he talks about that a little bit. And it's not like intentionally like deep, like they go at that deep stuff. It just comes up in conversation. And in the barbershop, everyone's really honest and really open. People aren't afraid to ask you know, the, the hard questions, but it's never in an antagonistic me versus you way. It's all just genuine curiosity and people just passing around thoughts and ideas. Um, and they get into some high level stuff. Um, but best of all, it's just an opportunity to see, um, some, to hear some voices you wouldn't typically hear. It's a lot of black folks, uh, a fair amount of women on the show, LGBT, LGBTQ representation on it. Um, there's only a couple white guys and I think they're pretty, I think they're all comedians, (laughs) the white guys that they have on there. Um, so it's just, it's just a nice talk show to watch and, you know, feel like you're being a part of a conversation with some amazing successful people. Um, so it's not, you know, there's not really a narrative or anything like that. It's just a show that you put on much like a podcast, I guess, but a really well done video version, um, of it. So that's the shop. Um, there's three seasons. Um, I believe season three is currently underway. And what's also interesting is you can tell the time that they recorded these things because they're talking about the issues of the day. Um, so it's interesting to see how it progresses. And in the current season, 
uh, LeBron is actually not in several of the episodes because uh, he's playing basketball because uh, they were they were filmed you know earlier in 2020. So um, if you're looking for just great talk show, uh, if you're looking for to, if you're looking for some black material, this is a great way to go. Uh, the Shop on HBO, great great way to spend just a few hours um, if you wanted to burn through all those episodes. Um, I, I guess while you know you're discussing LeBron James, uh, great basketball player. Um, I think we probably have to discuss like the greatest basketball player of all time, right? Like the the Last Dance. Um, oh, that, I, that can't just even, I can't even give LeBron a compliment, and it's MJ, <laughs> MJ. Gosh, um, the Last Dance was good. Le, uh, Michael Jordan's good. Yeah. What else? So yeah, I guess we'll tease a little bit because um, uh, that just ended up. I I finished it. Have you wa- finished it yet? I did. Yeah, watched final episode okay. the other night. So I guess I mean we'll we'll talk about it. We had planned to do a special uh, full on. Uh, Soko sports show uh, episode of this, uh, which will come out later this week. Um, hopefully later this week. Uh, where we're going to talk about that, but then also kind of more in depth about the whole MJ LeBron debate and just MJ as, as a player in general and kind of uh, the cultural impact and all. We're going to talk, we're going to go very in depth about it. Uh, th- this probably, you know, the, the whole, the whole conversation about the last dance uh, requires a lot more um, talk, but in general, uh, the the whole the whole documentary, I don't think I've been so, uh, like so hooked by a doc, and mm-hmm. I know we've watched a lot of great ones, but like I, it came out every Sunday, but every Monday I would come home from work, pour myself a vodka soda, and just <laughs> just be absolutely entranced by this. I was I I was one. It, it was. It was the closest thing I could probably have to a time machine. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was back in the late the the mid mid to late nineties, um, with just like the the stuff they had recorded, the the pop culture of it all, the 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 film, the stuff they talked about. Like I felt like I was back then because like MJ was. MJ was pop culture, pop culture back then. And mm-hmm. so like everything they recorded felt like it was back then. And it was so cool to watch. And just in terms of that, like it, it just with everything going on right now, um, it, it just took me to a place that made me feel like I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old again. Um, mm-hmm. it, it made me feel so good to watch that. Um, <laughs> It, I don't know. I loved it. I 100% loved the last dance. It was a, uh, it was incredibly well done. A mu- if you're a sports fan at all, must watch. Um, it's on ESPN. You'll have to go through the ESPN app to watch it. Uh, but all it the is. episodes are out there and they're available in uh, TV 14 or in TV MA. So mm-hmm. you don't have to listen to beeps. You can, you can listen to the cuss words if you want. And there are plenty of them. Um, <laughs> so that's a little preview. We are going to put out that special edition episode of the SoCo Sports Show, we're going to dive deep um, on on the Last Dance. Uh, yes, we'll talk about some LeBron. That's a great, great preview and teaser for for what's to come. So keep an eye out for that in the podcast feed. That'll come up probably in these next couple of days and, if it's not on there already. And Jared had expressed interest in watching it, so we'll have to send the the password uh, his way. Please and thank you. <laughs> yep, yep, I will do that. I will do that. Uh, so we got some MJ stuff. We got some LeBron stuff out there for you guys to watch. Um, and a few more shows, uh, before we wrap here and, um, let's see, which one do I want to hear about first? Oh, let's go to Netflix here, Seth. 
Is no, that what you were going to do? I do the other ones first. Okay, you do the other ones first. You Those do you. I'm just listening. Um, yeah, so more Hulu. More Hulu real quick. Um, you can watch these on Hulu right now. Uh, Goldberg's in school. I'll kind of do them together. Um, these, again, are the Adam Goldberg universe shows. Uh, the Goldbergs, which is like, and it's like seventh season, I believe. Uh, seventh or eighth season. Uh, it's going on forever, but still one of my favorite shows. Still doing their thing. Uh, still uh, focusing on the Goldbergs family and, and living in the 80s. Um, let me pull this up real quick, but I believe it's on the seventh season. This was the seventh season. I hope they get a season eight to kind of finish it up, but Adam's getting towards the end of his high school uh, tenure. Uh, we got we got uh, Barry and Erica who are in college now. Um, just uh, for the Goldbergs, just general, you know, it's still the same thing. You know, it, it, they, they're still finding ways to do the whole, like, family dr- family comedy sitcom thing, making it fresh, making it funny, not repeating stuff. Um, they're still pulling up a lot of, like, fun pop culture stuff. Um, Pretty in Pink, they, they did for their, for their final, like, with the prom, uh, with the finale. Um, but still doing a lot of theme episodes and all that. Um one thing I thought was kind of sad was that the gr- the the grandfather pops. Uh, he hasn't been in as much. I know he's getting older, George Siegel. Um, you know he's he's kind of getting older where he can't do as much. Um, he was I, I'd rewatched some of the older episodes with um, with my roommate and his girlfriend. They were they were binging through it, and he had been in a lot. He was a big part of the show, and uh, he hasn't been in as much. He's kind of just there to to add a few lines here and there. So sad to see him kind of to go away, but. You know, th- things happen. Uh, people get old and can't do as much. So, um, but still, like it, the show is just really funny. It's like a super easy watch for anyone who like, because the Goldbergs is kind of a missed show. Like, it, you know, it's, it's it's still on ABC and still does okay ratings and stuff. But it's not like a super popular show. And I think if more people watched it, um, they would just enjoy what it is. What it is like, it, it has its inside jokes. It has weird stupid humor but it's, it also has a ton of heart like i tear up watching episodes of the goldbergs like through certain things that happen and the lessons that they learn and and all that so i i love the goldbergs watch it like for anyone who has hulu just watch it it's it's such a heartwarming show and has a formula to it you know for the first two acts are the the main thing of the show and then the third act is like they they come together and and they 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 learn a lesson and it's it's always it, it always has just a nice moment um, with schooled which is the other show it's the spinoff show stars Lainey um, and, and the principal and uh, the coach uh, from Goldberg's um, again same kind of thing like the that one's in the 90s uh, so there's a lot more like 90s pop culture and they're kind of getting more and more into that with different things that happen in the 90s so I'm relating to that one a little bit more through the music and the the different things they had episodes with like Furby and Tamagotchi and stuff like that so I'm starting to get more and more into that because it's like oh yeah I remember all that like the 80s I didn't remember as much the 90s I'm feeling more like related to all, to all that so that's fun um, and and I think they've really found a groove on school too with um, the 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 relationship between the characters and they brought in a couple new characters uh, it seemed like the first season was kind of focused more on some of the students. And they really just shifted that back to the characters we know. And again, they 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 they've done a good job of like making them all feel like a ensemble, and they all matter. And they've given them all their own time. Uh, and I think that's what's worked well because like Lainey being uh, the the 
side character in the Goldbergs and then kind of making her the head character of, of Schooled, it seemed like they, they maybe were kind of putting too much on her at first, and, and now they've kind of shifted some of the focus to all the characters in Schooled. So they've done a good job with that. Very funny. Um, not quite as emotional as the Goldbergs because we haven't spent as much time with them, and there's not like the whole like lesson learned at the end of there. There is some of the lesson learned stuff, but it's not as like impactful because it's not like a family dynamic. It does, it's not like you don't care as much because it's not like a whole family coming together at the end. It's just like oh, these are teachers who work together, um, and fuck your teachers, right? No teachers weren't important to us. So, um, <laughs> um, but no, both these shows are really funny. Uh, heartfelt moments done really well. They they there's so much nostalgia in all these shows. So, I you Cody, you I know you've watched some of the episodes of the Goldbergs and stuff too. Um, I, these shows are just great to watch. They're fun, easy, lighthearted shows to watch. So I love both of them, and I hope they continue to get to to, to do more. I don't know what the status is. I normally by now they've renewed shows, but. From what I understand, no networks are renewing anything right now. Um, really? So, yeah, because of the whole COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I I hope, I pray at least that the Goldbergs gets a final season to, to wrap it all up. And they don't have to do much to wrap it up, but just, like, give them a goodbye. Because they've done, the, I think when people look back on sitcoms and stuff, this will be an underrated one, but it'll be one that people appreciate. Um, down down the road because it, it's just it's just so well done and and nice and happy and uh, has a lot of great messages to it. So I hope they get a final season. I especially I've not seen much of school, just a little. Um, and other than um, is it AJ Mashaka? Um, yeah. I I like watching her. Um, <laughs> I like watching her act. Uh, <laughs> more specifically, um, other than her. Um, I don't really remember much about whatever it is I saw on school, uh, but the Tim Goldbergs, Meadows I can tell you as well. Ladies, man. Tim Meadows is great. Yeah. I do yeah. love Tim Meadows. Um, so I don't know as much about school, but Goldbergs, I can, I can absolutely agree with you is an excellent, what I'm really excited for is the day I finally sit down and put on episode one to watch it all the way through. Someday I will do that probably after it's finished. Um, and very excited for that. Cause it is one of those like long series that I think people will end up when it lands on the right streaming platform, a shitload of people are going to end up binging it and it's going to be well-deserved. That's a super well done show. Yeah. I always, um, they have kind of a formula and I think that's one thing you'll love about it. There's a formula, formula, mm-hmm. formula, um, that every like finale, um, has like a, he, it ends with him going like it was 1980 something and it was awesome and like i always get like a little tear because i'm like oh it's just like so heartfelt like at the end of it like they always have end with a heartfelt moment um and and i don't know it i love that show it it has it has a special place in my heart (laughs) i'm glad we got seth and his feelings this week on episode 145 Uh, it's the fucking quarantine man Speaking of in your feelings, um, I, I wonder if there will be some uh, some of those same sentiments for this last Netflix show, which I am now two seasons behind on and very frustrated about it. Yeah, finally, we got Netflix um, Magic for Humans season three. Um, so not not quite as emotional as um, a season two with the finale. I think did I watch that on the way to Oregon? You might have. There's yeah, you really, said you did. You watched a, it on the plane. 
I did. Yeah. So yeah, that wasn't too long ago. That was September. Um, yeah. So I was crying on the plane uh, in September to to Oregon, watching season two of the finale uh, that had to deal with with Justin's mom, uh, Justin Will Willeman Willeman. Is that his name? I think it's his name. I think it's Justin Willeman. Um, he, uh, he, so he's he's a magician who's kind of a comic too. He's pretty funny, um, but the, the the basic show I think most people know who've listened to this uh, is he does just ran. He does a lot of themed episodes based off magic for people, and he does um, stuff uh, basically like with last season. Um, the one I'm pre- referring to is based off of like family uh, and and. Um, uh, I don't again I don't want to spoil that episode because I loved it so much but um season season three has certain themes like um the finality and the end of things or um I guess I have to pull it up to to see exactly but just a lot a lot of like important themes that are that that you know make sense by by the end of the episode um which is kind of different from a lot of magic shows like mind freak and stuff like that um where it's just like tricks, you know, like all the tricks that happen are based off something, um, and it all makes sense. But it's also a really funny show. Uh, like I mentioned, Just, Justin Williman is kind of a comedian. Okay, so uh, I have it pulled up. So, tr- um, for example, season three has like things like traditions. So there's magic based around traditions, around fear, the end I had mentioned about finality, um, self care. So like even just things like taking time for yourself or therapy or all kinds of stuff like that, where he does tricks around that. Um, around vices like drinking and drugs, like he even does tricks around that type of stuff. Um, power, um, how like pow- going on a power trip or um, having power in certain situations can change outcomes. So it's like really smart with weird magic. Um, it, it's 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 an interesting show. It's like a different take on magic, which I think is why he's gotten the three seasons out of it. I hope he gets more um, too, but. Uh, it's all really, really interesting, but it's also really wacky and funny. He still has, like, segments. And, again, a reason why I think Cody likes it is because it has segments and, like, a structure <laughs> to it. Um, he has stuff like trick questions where he does a weird magic tricks and asks weird questions after. He has magic for Susans where he'll just – that, which is my favorite thing in the entire world, where he, he just, like – well, uh, someone will have a woman next to him and he'll be like, hey, what's your name? And they'll go, I'm Susan. And then he'll go into a cut-in where it's – Magic for Susans, <laughs> and then and then they'll do a trick for a Susan. <laughs> so shit like that. It's just like weird, wacky, wild stuff, but then also like really heartfelt episodes. Um, I love it. Magic Magic for Humans is just a very easy, quick watch. Um, season three has seven episodes, um, which is actually the most. Uh, all the the other two seasons have six, so. Uh, you know, it, in in total, there's uh, 19 episodes. Not a whole lot to watch, but very easy, quick watch. Um, great show. Definitely check it out. It's 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 great. Even if you don't like magic, it's funny. You you get some laughs out of it. So um, check out Magic for Humans. Boom. It's like that's a great, just like easy show to watch. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just just feels good. Uh, can't recommend that enough for folks looking for something to watch right now. Um, you're going to enjoy that one. So a uh, lot of love in the TV corner and so far period on the show today. I'm, I'm loving the energy. Uh, so we have the shop, uh, the last dance, Dave magic for humans, the Goldbergs and schooled all getting recommendations this week. 
in the TV corner. Well, how many do we have? Five or six? It, it, it something with <laughs> a lot of sides on it. Whatever that is. TV, TV, some shape. Television. Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. And now it's time for rate that pun. I walked into my sister's room and tripped on a bra. It was a booby trap. <laughs> Upper class. Okay, now we're going to switch back from TV over to movies. And uh, this is going to be a really fun edition of We Missed the Boat. I'm very stoked for this week because Jared is going to be doing a We Miss the Boat. Last week, we came up with a great list of five movies for Jared to watch. Uh, ever, the, uh, ever the early assignment doer, he immediately jumped on and watched his first one for this week. We don't know what you've seen yet, and I actually... I need to give some thought to what movie we want to add to your list to replace this one. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, but let us know what you watched and if you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. This was a no two-person canoe trip this time. I was a solo kayaker on my own ship. Um, I chose <laughs> Taxi Driver. Um, oh, yeah. This was a movie that I, I think I have on a hard drive somewhere. I, I've always almost clicked on it so many different times, and I just haven't. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone out there is familiar with this movie, it's what Martin Scorsese, I believe, uh, Robert, a very young Robert De Niro. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like a very grimy New York city. Um, that's kind of the setup because it's dealing with, and you guys might have to fill in some of the blanks because I, I, some of it, maybe I just didn't get, um, it, it's kind of him coming back from the war and kind of dealing with life he kind of almost has insomnia and again it's very dirty new york you know with adult theaters you know prostitutes then he finds this woman that he's kind of enthralled with Uh, it it plays out like because people always to me had compared this recently to the joker the the joaquin phoenix one that came out and i can see Mm -hmm. the similarities between new york city and kind of a little bit with the characters and everything so i don't know if that movie potentially tainted this one for me um because i was expecting one thing and was giving something that is almost a little confusing there's a lot of iconic shots of him with the mohawk and him holding that big magnum revolver and um, a very young Jodie Foster's in this movie. It it follows this path of kind of just a guy flowing through life. Him working this very night, like uh, uh, the night shift of driving his taxi cab. He can't sleep. He's dealing with his other taxi cab buddies. Um, it's There's what i what it what appeared to be a borderline uh, racial racial tensions of new york city how it's kind of broken up by neighborhoods still um he there's this uh mayor that's trying to become governor i guess or become president and trying to clean up the city and people working with that so there's kind of all of these moving pieces in the movie and this character of robert de niro robert de niro yeah um what Travis something is just kind of flowing through these people's lives. And the last bit is what I think really kind of drew me in because I thought it was one way 
and it ends up being something a bit different. Like, all of his actions in the film sort of make sense by the end of the film. I'm trying to be vague for people who haven't seen the film. Um, I, I dug it, but unfortunately, I think it's a thing where I, I've seen things that have taken from this. It's one of those, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you see the trope, it, and it's been done time and time again, and I think that that's what did this for me, where it... I, I've seen this before, but I didn't see the original, and this is the original that set up all of that other stuff. Does any yep. of that make sense, guys? That that makes total sense because okay. I wish the and this was this happened back when back when I saw Joker. Uh, one of one of the things that occurred to me was like I'm like oh shit, there's gonna be a whole generation of people that see this and then go watch Taxi Driver and it won't hit the same um, because some of those some of this. They're not the same movie. They 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 draw a lot of comparisons. No. Yeah. But they're they're far from the same movie, but they have similar feels and similar themes. And knowing that makes Taxi Driver a little bit less less shocking at parts when it should be shocking, for one thing. Um, but uh, what I always dug about this was the quality for how old this is. Like this was made in the fucking sixties. And I'm not saying you could convince me that this movie came out today, but you could talk me into thinking it was from like the 80s. Um, it seemed ahead of its time, I guess is what I'm saying. Yes. With, with De Niro's performance, I think was as nuanced, maybe even more than anything that we were seeing at that time. And the world wasn't ready for Scorsese to be Scorsese yet. So this is like the impetus of everything. And you're right, Jared, that is the one unfortunate thing is you've seen everything in this movie because this movie's so good. And so mm-hmm. because you've been exposed to it now, this doesn't hit us hard. That makes total sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, with, with a young Scorsese, you can see where he got, you know, certain style from and certain shots that very much kind of, you know, are in his films moving forward or maybe morphed a little bit into his style that we see today. Um, but the last like 15 minutes are probably my favorite part because it does seem like kind of a slow slog through what is this character's agenda? What is really going on in this movie? And it does tie up in a nice way. I did have one question. Maybe you guys can fill me in on it. Um, What was the deal with him and the governor or the guy that was running for office? Uh, if I remember correctly, it was mostly about the woman. Because doesn't the woman work at the campaign for that guy? She, she works at the campaign office, but why does he show up to the rally with all of his weapons, essentially? I think, so the movie is dealing a lot in like mental health. So he's like a really, he's like really unreliable as to his motives in a lot of the movie. But yep. I think, I think it ends up because he's, he becomes, so he's a post-Vietnam vet and I think he's got, correct me if I'm wrong on some of these themes, but he's really like anti-consumerism and um, um, yeah, like it's the, hinted at the, because he doesn't have like a stereo player. He doesn't have records, um, stuff like that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's kind of anti that stuff. And I think that what, ha- I think if you like analyzed it, what you would come up with is that because he knows this woman and through her, this politician, this politician has become the embodiment of what he sees as wrong with America, right or right or wrong, like whether or not it was earned by the politician, I think is indifferent. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Travis makes him the bad guy to him is is yeah. part of it. So it's it's it, meant to play as confusing. Like why would he be here doing this? Why is this mm-hmm. what he's doing? And um, that, I think and that's that, intentional. I, go ahead. 
No, that's what I was gonna say. Is I think I think that that's on. I think that's meant to be a little bit confusing. Yeah, and and that's what I caught on after a while. I was like, some of this stuff probably isn't playing out the way he actually, th- or the way we're seeing it. Obviously, mm-hmm. he is. You can see that he's dealing with no sleep. So, are the conversations he's having? Are the people that are giving him looks that, you know, he thinks they're they're giving them looks? Is any of this actually happening? Is this playing out the way that we think it is and I I liked that where it's very much like straying you along this path of uncertainty until the very end Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting it's been a while since I've talked about Taxi Driver that's a fun one to talk about Um, it's an interesting one and it's one that'll eventually end up on Seth's list because I don't think you've seen that one either have you yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah, I totally agree with, I agree with everything you guys are saying, like, really introspective, really cool, like, really, uh, you know, really interesting, but, like, I, I've never seen it, so. What'd you, I, I, what'd you think about that scene where he had to go down and fight the crocodiles of New York City? I, I couldn't I think, believe it, and, and then, like, he went to the fucking, like, uh, that, that, that toy store, took the fucking head off the teddy bear, decided to do, like, a little dance with it, and then, like, ate a, a stew. Um, I couldn't well, believe the, all that happened, it, and then he... Well, <laughs> It makes sense because what I was saying is how all these scenes are taken from other movies. Like Rocky, where he's boxing the alligators, complete mm-hmm. complete ripoff. Where Big yeah. uh, Tom Hanks and Big is playing with on the piano, complete mm-hmm. ripoff from this. Yeah. Also homages or I guess ripoffs of Home Alone. So it's yeah. it's weird. Yeah, he yeah. was ice skating. Is... His he dislocated his finger. Couldn't believe it. It was just crazy. Hmm. <laughs> Every movie after this ripped off Taxi Driver. That's what we've arrived at. And we've also arrived at Sylvester Stallone is a fraud and Rocky stinks. Uh, hey! that was not, that's not my conclusion. Jared took us there. Don't yell at me. Um, the crocodilies, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, Mentally reg- regular, you know. There you go. So that's Taxi Driver. Um, did you, how did you watch this? What platform if people want to go out and check this out? Uh, it's on Netflix it? right now. Phonograph. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. So check out Netflix for Taxi Driver if you want to see what all the fuss is about. Um, so I think – go ahead, Seth. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, additional movies, did um, I know that – so the person who wrote Taxi Driver wrote and directed a movie that I put on Cody's list. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, First Reformed? Uh, is that the Ethan Hawke one? Yeah. I have not. Ooh, that's a good one. I was – I have an option, but it's one I can save um, because I think I think First Reformed is a good one. I, okay. I would encourage you to watch that one. Yeah. Let's add that one. First Reformed. Boom. First Reformed. You just made the list. If you were if you were confused by Taxi Driver, get get ready for some more of that because <laughs> First Reformed is, that is what confusing. First Reformed is at at bits at bits it is confusing and at bits it's really straightforward. That that's what I will um, say. I, I don't want to give too much away, but there, and it's, it's not. It's a trip. <laughs> and First Reformed is not, like, I think it, it's going to hit differently in that it's not, uh, you know, you, you haven't seen movies prior like it. to it better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No um, crocodile boxing? Yeah, no crocodile boxing. No okay. uh, no Tom, Hick, Tom, Tom Hicks. Tom uh, Hicks. Tom Hicks. Tom Hicks is Taylor Hicks' brother from American Idol. Mm. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, so we have now, uh, Jared has done his. So does that mean Seth, that you'll be doing one for next week? I will be next. Excellent. Well, we will be, we will be stoked for that. Um, and so we have taxi driver getting the review by Jared, uh, available on Netflix. If you want to catch that for yourself, we've added 
uh, first reform to the list. And uh, we got Seth up next week. So, so Seth, you're watching one from next week. Uh, what are your five options for the folks at home? I have uh, Silence of the Lambs, Training Day, Lock, Hidden Figures, and The Game! The Game! <laughs> Honestly, that's the Please only never reason why I want it. That's the only reason why I wanted to do that. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, uh, make sure you come on back next week. You're going to hear Seth review one of those five movies for We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. All right. Believe it or not, we still have more things to review. We got some new movies that came out this last week. Mom, what do you think? I love it. And I have to correct myself. One of these movies isn't out yet. Oh, we'll save that one for last here. Um, but Seth, as per usual, you have come to us with a movie title that I don't recognize. Um, <laughs> so please explain what this movie is and tell us if it's good. It's a real uh, uplifter. I, I, you know, I watched Hearts Beat Loud, so I figured I'd watch another one that um, <laughs> you know, makes makes the heart feel good. Uh, makes everyone, you know, like uh, have have joyous feelings in in, in their heart uh, to beat loud. Uh, it's a movie called Castle in the Ground that is about a, a boy who, or, or I guess a young man, he's 19, who uh, gets into narcotics after his mother dies. So uh, it's a very yeah. f- like good story. It's makes a it feel tale great. as old as time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that that is the the kind of the story of it. Uh, it stars Alex Wolf. Uh, who is, of course, the younger naked brother. Um, also, also, also in Hereditary, um, been, uh, he was in Bad Education. Uh, great young actor, actually. I, I really do. After seeing... He, he was my least favorite part of when I was an avid Naked Brothers uh, fan. Um, but he, he's turned out to be a really good actor. I do like him a lot. Um, he, uh, he He's the lead of this one. Also stars uh, Nev Campbell, who plays his mother... Um, and uh, Imogen Poots, who is in this one mm-hmm. as well, um, she plays a uh, the neighbor. She's a neighbor who uh, is the one who is in to the drugs uh, and, and the narcotics and whatnot. But basically, Alex Wolf, um, he his mother has some sort of sickness. I don't think they exactly say what happens, um, but she's uh, she ends up dying, and he um, earlier in the movie uh, has been giving her drugs to kind of ease her pain and whatnot um he i think he's under an impression at the beginning of the movie where she's going to survive and get better um she eventually gets some news that she's not going to get better and he takes it hard um after she passes he starts taking some of her drugs um some some opiates um and gets hooked on those um he knows his neighbor whose image and puts poots poots um, she, uh, he knows that she's into some bad stuff, some drugs and whatnot. So, um, he kind of gets involved into her world and some crazy stuff that happens. She, basically, she kind of becomes now the mo- mother figure for Alex Wolf's character, and that's kind of the the big um, big part of the story. It's about it, the movie's about an hour and forty minutes, um, and the, the the last hour or so is really based around those two. The first 40 minutes is actually based around um, Alex Wolf and Nev Campbell's characters. Um, so it's it's a sl- it's a very slow movie. It's a very um, takes a while to get into it uh, into some of the more actiony parts. Not really like an action movie, but it, it, some of the faster parts of the movie takes a while to get into. But it is interesting. It's it's a I think it, it it's a movie that further proves that Alex Wolf is someone who 
is a really good actor. Um, he he is continuing to do these deep roles um, where he is just proving his talent. Um, you know, whether it is Hereditary or this, like he has a lot of range. He's funny in this movie, and and some same thing with like Hereditary. He's kind of funny at times in that, but then also he has some really heart wrenching scenes in both of these movies. Um, I know he's getting more and more work. He's been he's been getting cast in a lot of stuff. Um, and he's been impressive, so it, it's cool to see him get work um, coming out of Nickelodeon uh, <laughs> back in the day. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to see him work more. Um, he's the reason, honestly, that I watch this movie is because I, I just want to see him do more stuff. Uh, and then you know, I read the synopsis of this and and thought, you know, it's it's a, it's got some deep and emotional material. So I figured I would check it out. And um, you know, it, one hand, I'm glad I did because I got to see you know the the you know, some of these actors like him and Nev Campbell and Imogen Putz who don't get to do a lot of stuff. Uh, they're not in a lot of like mainstream things. Um, but they, they, they all have some really strong material here in this one to, to work with some, some deep and heavy stuff. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of a slower movie. It, it was harder to get into at the beginning and it's not first, you know, you have to be in a certain mood to see this one. It's not one that, um, is easy to get into. It's one that I kind of like paused a few times cause I was just, you know, wasn't wanting to continue to go forward. Not to say it was bad, but it was again tough and heavy. So, all in all, I think it was a it was a well acted movie. Um, it, it 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 never strayed away from what it wanted to do. I just think it kind of was paced a little tough, um, and it, it dragged a little bit at times too. So, I'm not necessarily saying rush out to see this one because it is very heavy material. But if you're a fan of any of those actors, or if you want to see uh, what Alex Wolf can do in terms of his ability and, and what he's going to do in the future, it's definitely worth checking out. So uh, another good indie movie that is on VOD currently. Well, there you have it. This is uh, Castle in the Ground. If you're looking for a Seth movie, this sounds like yet another one. I, I agree with what you're saying about Alex Wolf. Every time I see him, I am more impressed. So I'm very excited to see where he goes. Um, including including this one so he'll, he'll be a fun one to watch speaking of fun to watch uh we've got a romantic comedy here coming to us from the folks from netflix and if you're watching this on the day we release it this movie hasn't come out yet so we're getting <laughs> some exclusive pre-release uh thoughts from uh from the famous At jared buckendall on uh on netflix's new offering that's uh that's coming out this weekend soco show exclusive Exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is, and this was supposed to be um, or in the lineup of South by Southwest earlier this year. It was supposed to be a theatrical movie. Netflix swung in and uh, bought it up. But it is called The Lovebirds, and it is starring Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani, who didn't show up to the fight with Cody. So we're very um, sour about that. Fucking um, pussy. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he apparently he blamed it on, uh, you know, the pandemic, but whatever. Aside from that, rom-com movie, Netflix, um, it follows this couple. Uh, that... <laughs> That's what I would have made him say in that fight. <laughs> um, 
So it focuses on this couple, and they come together right away, and they're, you know, the beginning of any relationship. It's fun, it's lovey, blah, 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 and then boom, kind of a time jump, essentially, to later on in a relationship, and they're very much at each other's throats. They're maybe not working as well as they were at the beginning, and that's kind of the setup of this story. Um, Their friends are, like, getting married. They're kind of, you know, to that point, but they aren't, and they're very much focusing on their own kind of life rather than themselves in this couple then they're going to like a friend's place and this is kind of where the conflict of the movie uh kind of starts up where they accidentally hit someone on a bike because he goes across in a red light essentially and then um another person who says he's a cop jumps in and essentially that guy dies and that sets up the story of them going on almost like this wacky misadventure of them not really having all of the information them thinking that they are the main suspects of this guy that so happens to be murdered by this other guy and they're trying to figure it out while also trying to mend their relationship through this you know wacky night of adventures and i think that i really liked their chemistry with one another and the rom-com aspects or that portion of the movie that was probably the highlight and their dialogue and um their kind of banter between one another felt genuine like where they're maybe sitting at a restaurant with one another just kind of talking about what has happened and then kind of going on off on a like tangent talking about like what food they had ordered or maybe something that just happened or something that references you know their prior relationship I thought that that worked the best the two of them worked together and the chemistry and dialogue but when we get into this like night of wacky shenanigans kind of almost I I had mentioned it's kind of a mixture of game night where they're going off on all of these different you know weird things combined with um date night I believe I think that that that's kind of the same situation where this couple gets enthralled in uh, you know misadventures as well so I would say that it's a mixture of that and that portion of the film should be really fun and adventurous and stuff and it, and it will be for some people. I think I was a little down on this movie compared to some of the other reviews that I uh, listened to or watched. Um, that portion of the film feels a little convoluted where th- you can see the main through line of they figure out who that guy is that was potentially murdered at the beginning, the guy that did, you know, take their car and murder this guy. But it doesn't feel like it's a clear path to from beginning to end you 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 get the conclusion at the end of the film but how all of these people that they run into throughout the night how that's connected and how the weird other events and stuff that play out how all of it is really connected feels a bit disjointed um this is a quick watch though i think it's about 84 minutes so it's like boom 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 like you go and you you get what you want out of this movie Hmm. The rom-com portions, the comedy bits, you know, there's a f- few parts that I laughed out loud. That was probably the highlight. The middle part, the filler, I wouldn't say the filler, but the the, the plot, essentially, <laughs> didn't really work for myself. <laughs> I wonder if, you mentioned it's 84 minutes, I wonder if they cut it then for Netflix. I wonder I'm if wondering they, they chopped it down. Because I wasn't it... Again, I don't know what the initial run time was, but I thought it was about 90 to 100, like a quick 140, like a like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. That That's interesting to me. I wonder if Netflix just kind of said chop it down and get it out. 
I, I will be curious what you guys have to say next week because, again, this comes out this Friday, May 22nd. Um, it, yeah, now that you say it where the, it potentially was cut or something, it does feel like there's bits and pieces that could have added or connected those middle parts. I was – okay, Let me tell me this um, because I suspect this to be the case and I'm fine with it, but it wouldn't be my preference. Are they, uh, can you, can you feel that a lot of like ad-libbing was done on this? Do you think there was a lot of spots where they said, okay, you guys are comics, be funny. Was that, was that apparent here? Like, like I remember you guys saying like Stuber was Camille's last one. I, now that you say that I could say potentially, and the thing is some of that stuff I thought was pretty funny because it's very kind of like, oh yeah, that's happened to me or I've Mm -hmm. thought of that, um, if that was ad-libbed, I think that it worked. But if they're so, – mm, this is tough. I, it almost requires a rewatch now to determine that question. Mm. Um, that's what I'm going to be looking for. And Because yeah. I, I worry that that's what Kumail has – that's what he's been cast to do is like, hey, funny guy, say something. And I worry <laughs> based on what I've already seen him in that, that that's not really going to work out. So I'm, I'm hoping that they didn't do quite as much of that here. Um, so that's what like I'll be looking for when I watch I think it. I think the bad thing is if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, man. Well, The Lovebirds uh, is dropping on May 22nd on Netflix. Uh, if you like that, you want to hear more thoughts from Jared, head over to the YouTube channel. At Jared Buckendall. We're linking you directly to this one. Uh, over on YouTube. So head on over there. Make sure you watch that one. Uh, Put the thumbs up. Hit the like button. Subscribe to JB while you're over there. Um, But um, especially if you're already a fan of JB, make sure you go support this particular video. Uh, That way Jared can get uh, early screeners for other stuff and give us that hot, fresh, exclusive SoCo content that we so enjoy. Um, (laughs) So uh, head on over to Netflix this weekend if you want to catch The Lovebirds. Castle in the Ground is available on virtual or virtual video on demand. Virtual Uh, castle. Watch those those at home. Uh, And that's going to do it for the reviews this week. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, folks. Well, with reviews behind us, we are almost to the end of the show. But before we go, going to leave you with one more thing. I want to start um, with Jerry Seinfeld. I watched his new special, 23 Hours to Kill, um, over this past weekend. And I didn't want to do like a full review, but I just wanted to say that I so appreciate Jerry Seinfeld and his comedy. Um, And he's, because he's always been the same way in that his comedy is always timeless. It's always family friendly. He doesn't cuss a lot. And... It's not about the news. It's not about like specific people. It's that pure observational comedy. And he continues that in this new special, 23 Hours to Kill. And it was it was weird to watch for the first like half of it because no comedy out right now is that same way. Every other comic is like topical or somehow like new and fresh and like specific to this time. But he, you could have released the special in 1995 and it would have hit the same way for most of the jokes. So I really appreciated that he has stuck to his style after all this time and put out another banger. I laughed really fucking hard at a few of these jokes. So I would just, a quick recommendation for 23 Hours to Kill. This is on Netflix. Um, but especially if you've been watching a lot of like the late nights and the daily shows and you're just 
inundated with this like political commentary style comedy and you don't necessarily want to watch some of the other Netflix specials where you feel like there's a message or an agenda that they're trying to get at you. If you if all you want to hear is just some absurd and funny shit, this is the purest way to get that. So uh, Seinfeld, 23 Hours to Kill, head on over. I had not seen a lot of Seinfeld specials before. I think I'd only watched one. Um, but this is making me want to go back and watch some of his stuff because I feel like you can watch it at any time. And that that's really hard to do as a comic, and I have respect for it as part of why I wanted to make sure and mention it here. But big recommends uh, for, for Seinfeld on Netflix. I'm I'm glad that you're liking that because I was about to start it, but I think I was working on something else, and I feel like I needed to be more engaged on it. But I'll probably try to give it another try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you'll like it. It's goofy. Um, it's I, not, it, he doesn't try to be, he's not like the smart comic. That's never been like his goal. Mm-hmm. That's not to say he's not smart, but he doesn't like show it off in that way. It's all really relatable, really gettable, just funny stuff. Just goofy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's kind a, of yeah, a it's cool. humble brag. I think I saw maybe three years now. I saw him actually in Des Moines. Oh fuck. Yeah. That's it was awesome. cool. Um, my one more thing. Uh, I can I never bring one to the table, but I will say retro gaming um, over on mm. YouTube. My channel is usually just, you know, movie reviews and uh, ending explains kind of just movie and TV content. But I wanted to just kind of have a relaxed type, you know, throwback stream. So I was streaming some uh, Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo. I think Seth jumped in there for a little bit. Uh, a few other people from my channel that are usual uh, people that join in the chat and that was just kind of, you know, a throwback feel good and almost nostalgic type feeling. Um, just to kind of clear my mind of everything that's going on and have some fun, finally play video games for once, but also kind of share that with some other people. Um, I, I am still pretty good at it. Uh, not as good as I remember, but it's definitely like muscle memory coming back with certain levels and where secrets are and everything like that. He, that's funny he he is definitely way better than i was when i was a kid <laughs> because i i got to the cart like the the mine levels with the carts mm-hmm. and i remember fucking just being enraged <laughs> and I, I just quit playing and then i i went back because i own a i bought a, a super nintendo like three oh, four yeah. or five years yeah. ago and uh i i bought you know i i'm i think i have 20 games again um getting close to what i had when i was growing up and uh i i played donkey kong country and and got to the same cart level and got real pissed and didn't pass it so um you were you were you were tearing it up on on the old donkey kong country <laughs> i mean if if i was trying to beat it in an hour and a half but if it wasn't for those damn ice levels we could have done it <laughs> wow i can't believe that's so quick i guess i hadn't realized that i've i've not done a lot of actual retro gaming, but I have I have played a few of the remasters and enjoyed. Like Crash Bandicoot felt that same way, where it's just muscle yep. memory. You just know the level. That's pretty fun. Yeah, so hopefully uh, coming up, again, these are just kind of spontaneous ones, but hopefully I can get some more of those. For, that, that was the only game that worked for me, so hopefully I can get some other stuff working. There you go. Keep an eye on, uh, keep an eye on the YouTubes. At Jared Buckendall. Uh, so you can uh, jump on there and and uh, game with game with Jay to the B. Are we gonna get another PT playthrough? Do you think? I honestly probably because I still have it on my <laughs> console. There you go. And I don't remember how to beat it or anything, so that would be kind of fun. <laughs> I, that would be great, but I think I still think we need to get a Brawlhalla stream going. That would be fun. That would be fun to do. 
Um, I one more thing is uh, I, I so again I, I was talking about the other uh, you know with watching Hearts Beat Loud I just wanted to throw something I, I just want to throw something on so uh, kind of the same along the same lines uh, again I was pretty tired uh, earlier I think maybe this week or this weekend just wanted to throw something on but I was like you know I'll I'll, I'll revisit something uh, that I watched years ago probably close to ten years ago now uh, which was uh, the movie Goon with Sean William Scott the hockey mm. movie. <laughs> Um, and that movie is fucking funny, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a good underrated comedy. And, uh, that's my one more thing is, is go check out Goon. I believe it's still on Netflix is where I watched it. Um, it's, it's such a funny movie. Uh, so many like funny characters has Sean William Scott, Jay Baruchel, uh, Liev Schreiber. Um, it, it's, it's just so funny. Like it's. It's dumb, like it, there's some dumb humor in it, um, but it's also like got some heart to it, and it's it, it's just a it's a great comedy, underrated, hilarious. Uh, the Percocets line always that's makes me laugh. That's my favorite. That's my favorite <laughs> line in movie history. You've seen this, right, Jared? Yeah, yeah, I remember okay, it being good. very goofy. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, dude. It's one of those. I think I was in college when I watched it, and um, it's it's that it's like a college comedy but made more recently than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and without all the like really gross stuff about college comedy. It's just, it's just funny. Um, Sean Wayne Scott's great. Now, that Percocet shit though. Oh man. <laughs> that shit is fucking <laughs> killing me. Oh wow. Yeah. Goon. Yeah. I got, I got two rules, man. Stay away from my, <laughs> stay away from my Percocets and don't fuck my, don't fucking touch my Percocets. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, Goon is available on Netflix now. Uh, keep an eye on Jared's channel for some uh, game streaming. And while you're on Netflix looking looking for Goon, uh, check out 23 Hours to Kill from Seinfeld as well. That's it for one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Well, that's going to do it for episode 145 of the SoCo Show. Another fantastic week. Another great guest appearance. At Jared Buckendall. Thanks for being on the show again. Uh, we've been talking uh, a lot about the channel and some things coming out. Anything left to plug here for, for the folks at home? Um, no, you guys know the usual channel, my social medias and stuff. Um, there might be, I'm trying to think, there's a couple net, uh, Hulu things this weekend I think I might try to get to. Otherwise, a new ending explained poorly. Um, and definitely more TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, like, because we're on a podcast, but I thought of about three of them while we were just sitting here talking, so. Good, good. Yeah. If you can, if you can top what you've done so far, uh, uh, you will make a lifelong if, subscriber out of me. If I can, if I can get this one to work with the technology, it, it's going to, I'm just going to quit life because it's going to be <laughs> perfect. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to see what you cook up. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Again, folks, make sure you check out the description box. Links to all of our sponsors are there. Um, and make sure make sure that you use all their services as well. Big shouts out to all of our Anchor contributors. If you'd like to become an Anchor contributor, hit the link in the description box. Uh, head over to that Anchor page. Um, other than that, though, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, share it with some friends. really helps out the show. We appreciate that. Um, but uh, other than that, that's it and that's all. So we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, for Jared Buckendall and the so host Seth Ott, I've been the co host Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>